Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Happy Saturday and almost winter solstice. I am here on a Saturday, which is very odd. Usually I don't even open my computer, but we are having a student group, an Indie Birth Midwifery School student study group today. And I am so pleased to say there are, I think, 10 or 11 women in the group. So that's 10 or 11 enrolled indie birth students in this area, which is so fantastic. And wow, if even half of them eventually work as midwives, it's really going to change things. So I can't wait to spend uh, some time with them in about an hour. We are talking about gestational diabetes today in the study group. That's real fun, isn't it? I think it will be, actually, because we're all nerds. And we are having a fun gift exchange. So I'm really excited about that. And I know the other ladies are, too. (sighs) So tomorrow will be my day off the computer. And Monday, Midwife Monday, coming up, is ridiculously busy this week. I think there are a couple of prenatals in person, online, consults. And I think I'm recording with Nathan. And that is long overdue. If people have listened to our podcast, the one about the midwife and the OB, we did not disappear. It is not uh, never happening again. I I told him, I said, they're going to mark our podcast inactive, (laughs) which maybe it is. I don't even know. We just haven't recorded in a while. So I'm going to be recording that podcast on Monday, hence being here on Saturday, trying to squeeze this in before the study group. So I am going to review the last year. I don't know how fun this really will be for anyone else, but I think I need to do it. It is about winter solstice, as I mentioned. And whether you're, you know, into the movements of the earth or not, it affects you. So I'm always, you know, sort of surprised when people aren't in tune with these things, um, even if they still do, you know, Christmas and and maybe have other religious beliefs. But the fact is we live on earth. So to ignore the rhythms of the earth seems odd to me. Uh, so if you're one of those people, then maybe this is an opportunity to pay attention to the light right now and uh, what solstice actually is winter solstice, at least in this hemisphere, of course. Um, Well, I mean, it is solstice in the other hemisphere, but it's summer solstice. So if you're in this one, it's winter solstice around December 21st. And for me, that's just taken on such a beautiful meaning in my adult years and is for us actually one of the reasons we really don't do Christmas. We really don't resonate with that, especially on like the consumer level. But solstice is easy for me to get behind, again, because it's the rhythm of the earth on which we live. So the darkness 
is coming to an end, uh, starting around fall equinox, September 21st, which actually is my son's birthday, we head into the dark. So what does that mean? It means that every day becomes darker earlier and you'd have to be living under a complete rock to not notice that probably wherever you live. And certainly here in Kentucky, even though the weather is still really mild, it's dark by 5.30 p.m., and again, we all notice that the kids notice that uh, they have to, you know, put the chickens to bed earlier, for example. So they're really aware. And about this time, right before solstice, right when that switch starts to happen, um, there is sort of this like angst, I find. And especially for children, they start noticing really like, oh my gosh, like enough of this already. You know, we want to be outside longer or again, with the chickens. Uh, You know, I don't want to have to put the chickens to bed so early. So they start to get impatient with the dark. And I think that's really fascinating because as adults, we're probably the same way. But again, I know in my head, like, okay, the light is coming. That is the point of solstice. That is the point of celebration. Um, We do a fire and some other things, but it is welcoming in the light while simultaneously honoring the dark. And I want to talk about just what happened this last year and how releasing all of that might feel really helpful to you too. I mean, you'll have your own story before we accept the light and we move forward. So I love it. I love, love, love this time of year. I love the return of the light. I won't lie either. I'm not someone that loves the winter darkness, even though we are in store most likely for more winter weather than we've had. So that's a little tricky. It doesn't mean the sun is coming for good. It's not spring. And we still have the, hmm, how do you say it? Um, I mean, we still have the shadow going on. It's just the light is coming back. And so we can have solace in that return when we're in this darkest, you know, time of the year. So um, on that note, I was going to give a quick shout out to Angie Huck, who many of you know was uh, in an intense legal battle the last couple of years. Um, Angie has been a friend for a while. In fact, We have a podcast together somewhere on our podcast archives and, um, you know, you can go Google it because it's sort of everywhere. Just the, the literal trial and tribulations she's been through as midwife the last bunch of years. And, you know, it's just sad this world we live in where when a baby dies, we have to blame someone. So I am so pleased. And, and this really does go along with the solstice theme of light returning um, that it appears as uh, yesterday, to my knowledge, that Angie was cleared of these charges after a very long and I'm sure totally exhausting in every way possible trial. So I'm so pleased for her. Uh, My heart was so happy this morning to read this news. I think the judge specifically said something like uh, she did not misrepresent herself and that birth can be dangerous. And, you know, we could argue that. But the bottom line is we can't be held responsible for 
the choice that a soul makes, you know, and that's a whole other podcast. And I really don't want to go there right now. But as far as the light returning, I know Angie sometimes listens to this. I'm sure she has friends that do. And I'm just sending out a big hug and love. And you know, uh, my heart has been with her the entire time, all of these years, but no one, of course, knew how it would wind up and not wanting to put that energy, you know, negative energy kind of into the field about it that I believed she would indeed be cleared because that was the right thing. That was the right thing to do. And um, on that note, you know, having a private membership association, which I have for 10 plus years, and Angie was also working under, um, it really does wonders for the validity of that structure. So again, you can look more closely at that event and the last couple of years of happenings if somehow you missed that. But again, sending love to Angie. So happy for her and her family. I can't imagine the relief after all of this time. And of course, love and hugs always for the family um, that did lose a baby. You know, even even if it's not anyone's fault, they had to relive that. And that sounds really, really hard. So putting so much light into the world. And I know Angie does that as a midwife and probably will continue to do that. She is one of the bravest people I've ever met. And so again, continued light and love, especially with this return of light and letting go of the darkness. It seems like perfect timing. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know how she feels, um, but the timing, I'm sure, of this trial was perfect indeed with the workings of the earth and the energy that's out there. So again, just really, really, yeah, I don't know the word, just my heart is happy um, for her and like I said, the family, but also the world. Like it just is right. That is right. And um, yeah, that's all. That's all I'm going to say about it. So this is the time of letting go of what does not serve and surrendering. I had a couple minute video on Instagram yesterday about surrender, so I won't repeat that, but it's been a theme. And again, no accident. It's not like I came across it in a book and was like, oh, surrender. Let me talk about that. No, it's the it's the feeling of this time of year that we're sort of gearing up to release and let go as best as our egos will allow us to do. So um, if we think about solstice in this way, and when we're on the other side, of course, which we're not yet, uh, we will have made it through the darkness and hopefully receive the lessons. And the light brings hope and gratitude. It all brings gratitude, really. I think there is an appreciation for all that is, all of it, right? Uh, There's a way that darkness and shadow receive negative attention. We somehow think that's bad to, you know, have parts of ourselves we don't want to look at or whatever your definition of shadow is, but it's not. It's all good. It's all perfect. We couldn't have light without the darkness and vice versa. So we're celebrating all of it. We're not just celebrating the darkness going away because that's preferable. We're celebrating that we made it through and we received the lessons and we'll do it again. We'll do it again, you know, next cycle. So when we come into the light in a little while, and I'll talk a little bit about looking forward to me, um, kind of as if today is actually solstice, we're still a few days away, but what dreams are being seeded? What will the light bring? What do we want the light to bring? Big stuff, 
big stuff. So it's helpful to me to remember, and I made a few notes here just of my year in review. I'm not going to bore you with absolutely everything I could ever think of. It's just what came to right now in this moment. And again, it's not your story. It's not your life. But maybe you'll do a similar process of just reviewing and seeing what happened, who you are now, uh, what growth has occurred so that you can more fully embrace yourself um, as I will and as I try to. Okay, so let's get down to it. I'm kind of going in chronological order through my year. Just things, events, people that felt really big and meaningful because to me, it is all meaningful. It really is. And I feel so blessed to have such a different energy going here in Kentucky. I don't think location is everything in a sense, right? I think the work is inside, so it doesn't matter. And for so many years of my life, I didn't know that. And I moved all the time and, you know, I was never happy in a sense. And so moving location is not the answer for what you've got to do inside. However, where you are can seriously affect the energy that's flowing. That is what I have learned. So um, starting with January last year, we began breathwork classes here with Sarah of Effigy Breathwork. And Nathan and I have talked about that on a podcast. So I'm not going to explain what that is. And I don't think Sarah listens to my podcast because she's a lovely breathwork lady that, you know, probably doesn't listen to birth podcasts. But I'll be breathing with her again tomorrow. And so it's been a full year of that as a practice in my life. And Sarah coming here to my office and offering sessions for my clients, for uh, indie birth midwifery school students and retreats. She's really become a staple of our indie birth world. And I'm so grateful to her and the life and love that she brings. The breathwork classes have been transformational. And I won't lie, I sort of hate them. And I think I said that on the podcast with Nathan, maybe. But I have one tomorrow. And you know what? I'm not looking forward to it, but I will when it's over because I'll feel so much better and I'll feel energy in my body in a different way. And I won't have to think about the patterns or traumas that I was maybe wanting to clear. They'll just go. So I love this. I love this for women that are going to be birthing. And that's just been a real, real boon to working here and my own personal growth. So shout out to Effigy Breathwork. The mama circle here has really grown. I started that a couple months, I think, after I moved here. And of course, it was small. It's growing, although we're very selective. Um, I don't work with a ton of people. Uh, As many of you know by listening to this, I am highly selective. So, you know, we're not talking um, even 50 women here. We're talking a small group that is very intimate. We have a telegram group, which is really fun for people to just, you know, pop in and post a question about mothering or share something. We've been doing a book club with the Wild Feminine, with the woman there. So the Wild Feminine is the book and the women there are reading it. And it's just really beautiful. Again, it makes my heart happy to see other people connect, to see other women connect and to be a part of that. You know, I'm not, I don't need to be a part of all of it. Like they're, they're having their own friendships and, and, you know, all of that. And it makes me happy still. Um, I don't need to be a part of it. I enjoy being the midwife role and whatever that means. Um, And I love seeing women connect and I love, I just love it. So not releasing that necessarily, but inviting in more and yeah, maybe 
maybe just releasing whatever needs to be released there. I'm not even sure what that is, but deepening those connections and women come and go, you know, uh, some people are moving. There's always new women coming in. So just trusting that we are transforming community here. And that might be arrogant to say in a sense, like this wasn't my community, but um, you know, also there wasn't this community before because this is different. So it's not as if there was something and it got destructured. I'm sure there are many simultaneous communities, but sort of the indie birth community here is new and thriving. And that just feels so great. So moving through last spring, um, whew, it was a big spring. Margot came to visit in April and we had a skills workshop and the first answering the call retreat which many of you know we'll be repeating in a couple of weeks in Oahu. Still space there if you want to come to Hawaii. I can't wait. But April was big. We had those two events, which were very emotionally and um, energy consuming, as you would expect. My office got redecorated by the lovely Laura here, and it still looks really nice. That change and shift in energy was really necessary, I think, to bring all these people in. And we had midwives here from all over for Dr. Stu's breach workshop. So we had three events last April, and so this became a very happening place. And that was really, really great to use the space in that way to kind of have it grow up. Uh, It was just sort of like a baby space. You know, I had just moved in, didn't look that great, whatever. And it's really matured. There's all kinds of things happening here from we had a nourished mama's workshop last weekend to I don't even know what will happen in the future. But uh, that feels just really great. Also, Dr. Sue was here, as mentioned, and that was kind of the beginning of the sanctuary journey where Margo and I had the chance to sit down with him, take him out to dinner and just say, you know, here's our dream. What do you think? And to have him reflect back, the uh, intention was really powerful. So to have him say, yep, I'm in. I'd love to do that. Let's do it was amazing. And just what we needed to get started in finding the property, which we did, uh, and visiting it, which Stu and I also did. So that was when that seed got planted in May, April, May. And that seed is germinating as far as I can tell. And I'm sure I'll say more about that. But that felt really big to spend the time with him to have that connection. And like I'm sharing to go and actually be on the land and to feel the energy and the sacred nature and to plant our intention there. So That is definitely something that is not being released, although there's always sort of behind the scenes uh, things that, you know, do need to go, whether we recognize them or not, and do sort of move through naturally. So I don't think we have to pay too much attention to what does need to go there. It's like, no, it'll just go because we're on our way. Also in May was a very big event in my own personal slash professional life, which I shared here on the podcast, which was getting a letter, a cease and desist letter from the state of Kentucky uh, around my midwifery practice and our idea of the sanctuary. So that still blows my mind that, you know, anybody would get a letter to say you can't do that when it's happening in this energetic sense. But of course, isn't physically manifested yet. 
Um, so all kinds of emotions came forth from that letter, from fear to anger. And where am I now? I'm so glad. I am so glad that happened. It reminds me so much of my battle with the state of Arizona, uh, you know, and that was totally different. That was a totally different energy. That was me fighting it. That was me contesting it. That was me trying to prove I was worthy. And this was totally different. This was like, oh yeah, I feel the things again. You know, PTSD is a real thing. My body felt it and it took months in a sense, but it totally changed me. So I am so grateful. Thank you, Board of Nursing in Kentucky. Couldn't have more gratitude for you because you totally woke me up to my true purpose here on earth, Uh, which yes, I think is in the midwife role, but is so much more than that. And it really kicked my ass, honestly, into exploring that and to actually living, like actually embodying the role that I feel I am here for. Uh, And so what was I doing before that? I don't know. I wasn't completely connected to all the ways. And, you know, maybe I'm still not. I wasn't completely connected to all the ways that I am not really a midwife in that sense, in that Western, you know, board of nursing. I, I am not that. I actually feel like I have nothing to do with that. Um, So now when I think of that letter, I actually laugh because I think it's hilarious. It's like, yeah, no, not me. Don't know what you're talking about. Um, I'm not a midwife in that way. So it's like apples and oranges. And of course, in hindsight, I can see see the jealousy, perhaps, um, or just the need to control the world that a lot of people have. And the farther I get from that, and the more I open myself up to expansion and autonomy and and true internal freedom, the less relevance it has. So, you know, the way of the world is not going to change. In fact, a stupid side story, my husband has a client and I think he's like a dentist or something. And long story short, he, you know, people get letters like this all the time, no matter what profession they're in, they get them all the time. And what it always comes down to most likely, um, is just some jealous person, right? That doesn't want that person to do what they're doing. And that's how easy it is. That's how easy it is to get a letter like that. It's not, it's not what we think, but it can carry a lot of power and weight if we let it, because we can be like, oh shit, authority. Um, anyway, I guess that's where I've changed is looking at that now and being like, hmm, nope, not authority. I'm the authority of me. Thank you very much. And I'm not in for a fight. I don't want to fight. I'm not doing what they're doing. I don't want to do what they do. I'm happy for all those midwives to still exist and work. I have no ill feelings towards them. And in fact, I wish them blessings on their path. So that was a really big thing. And my practice as a midwife totally started to shift externally after that and internally as well. I think the internal shift had already started, but I hadn't I hadn't manifested it um, and I'm still working on that. So I am just so grateful, so grateful for that letter and how it changed me. And it also changed the sanctuary. We renamed the sanctuary after that from the Indie Birth Institute to the Indie Birth Sanctuary Sanctuary and Center for Sacred Life. And again, this bigger mission, this bigger idea, this new earth, like we're not looking to just have a little birth center that, you know, goes against uh, licensed midwifery. It's not that at all. 
It's a huge awakening to the power of humans and creation of this new paradigm. That's what it is. So it's not really even midwifery. It's just life. It's birth. It might include death. And it's so much bigger than, you know, any of the labels we could possibly put on it. So again, oh, pure gratitude, but also releasing, still releasing any of the feelings around that that don't serve and any of the bodily memories, um, you know, that don't serve because certainly there's still that to go in a little bit, in a tiny little bit. Okay, so moving on through the summer, uh, there were some challenging births that made me rethink my practice again and what my role is again. And what I came up with after that whole event of births was I just don't control it, right? Like it's so arrogant. It's such ego to think we do. And we can be really great midwives. And that's a whole other thing, possibly very ego based, right? Uh, But what does that mean? What does it mean to be a good midwife? Does it mean you save people? Does it mean you somehow change the outcome, right? Does it mean you do it for them? Like there's so many things I was reminded of that really my role is to remind women of how powerful they are, whether or not they see that or hear me, I cannot control and to help align their energy. Again, I don't ultimately control that, but that's what I can offer And being even more clear in that, thank you ladies from this last summer, has helped me attract even more aligned women that don't think that, yeah, by hiring me, um, it means they're going to have anything that they think they want. I mean, it's just so unrelated. So if you're a guide, if you're a support, if you're, yes, maybe an expert in some ways, then you're not God. So again similar lesson and letting go of this old paradigm, letting go of this ego-driven midwifery where, you know, if midwives have a transport, they think it's about them um, getting into it with the hospital and what a midwife did wrong. No, that's not the world I want to live in. And that's not the relationships I want to have with people where they would somehow misconstrue that. So again, releasing, moving ahead. By August or September, um, I really started adding more concrete spiritual practices into my work. And of course, as they are resonant with the women I serve, no one is forced to do anything. But we have opportunity for reflection and visualization and meditation and energy work that I think makes a big impact. And I know, you know, one of my uh, one of the women I'm working with gave the biggest compliment really to not me, um, but this universe, this new earth universe, uh, which is, you know, midwifery care really isn't so much about pregnancy and how my physical body is doing. Although, you know, that's been helpful to learn about nutrition, et cetera. Um, the best part of this experience thus far has been my dive into myself and feeling supported in that. And it's like, bingo, that's what it is. Uh, September, we really started getting into the darkness. And I know for me, I really kind of went underground. I stopped podcasting for a little while, focusing on my family, myself and my inner work, Uh, you know, not feeling all that bright and sunny, to be honest, it was a sort of dark time. But again, in stride, it's all okay. It's all okay, because we are reflecting where the earth is. And we don't need to panic. So Um, you know, we can have times where we're not productive. It's okay. So I learned that lesson again and live that again. 
And I will be grateful to live that many more times because, you know, it's still a lesson. And I started working with a spiritual midwife of my own. So a midwife to me, which has been really fun. And I adore her. And she kind of is the midwife I look up to nowadays. Um, You know, it's all virtual, really. So this isn't a a physical thing. Um, And I'm not pregnant. So it's a, a midwife in the in the larger sense of midwifing a new paradigm, um, midwifing this sanctuary into existence. And I feel so grateful for her. I have really valued her wisdom and her channeling and her connection to all kinds of dimensions that I'm not necessarily connected to, at least all of the time. And knowing just time after time that I'm on the right track, that it's all being written as we speak, especially the sanctuary is like the pregnancy of a baby, you know, it's just in an unknown length. So I really appreciated this uh, woman in my life to guide and lead me, which I don't get a whole lot, right? I'm, I'm always that person, but everybody needs that, I think. And so she's my lady and I love her. Um, also Sam and Angelia, who are my two beautiful midwifery school students began their apprenticeship. And actually that happened, that happened last spring, but I'm mentioning them in this flow because they also started working for us at Indie Birth and they have both made our lives, Margot and mine, so much easier. So huge shout out to Sam and Angelia. If you're listening, I love you both. Uh, you both are so valuable and, amazing and and differing differing in your talents and your abilities which you know is obvious I think but just so appreciated so Angelia is doing a lot of the behind the scenes admin work and newsletters and keeping us on track and Sam is our social media manager and you know I think our Instagram has grown by a lot by a lot since Sam started because she's got it she's got the passion she's got the knowledge uh, she's got the words you know, that come just easy to her. And it's so aligned with both of them. So just really um, not wanting to release any of that, but, uh, you know, deepening our own relationships as women together is nice. And as we support women, deepening that. So thank you too. So October, uh, I don't know what happened there. Not a whole lot. Um, just my own spiritual work. And I know I've shared that over the last couple of podcasts, just my own role as midwife, what I believe, all kinds of things coming in new and clear and a new connection with spirituality. Well, not new. Um, I've always been into, um, you know, kirtan and, and chanting, but a new interest in Vedic texts. Uh, the Tibetan Book of the Dead is something I'm working on right now, as well as the Mahabharata, which is this like giant Vedic Bible, especially. Um, not especially. Um, I don't know what word I meant to put there. Giant Vedic Bible. And it's two volumes. And I'm still on volume one and blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's lots of insight there and just cool stories. So I love that life, you know, hopefully is long and varied. Um, not everything I do is about birth. And even more so lately, I am just feeling really close to source, to spirit, to whatever you want to call it. And that is guiding me more than ever. So I have so much gratitude for that. I don't think it's anything I did. Uh, You know, it's not really this, um, again, ego-based action. It's just, I think, a desire to live my soul's path more completely. And in that, a new connection, and again, not new, but a 
a newish feeling deeper connection with Jason, who really is my soulmate and who I'm so grateful to live this life with over 20 plus years of marriage and him going through his own uh, dark night of the soul, so to speak, and his own stuff and us doing that simultaneously while still supporting each other is amazing and not always roses, of course. Uh, But yeah, releasing the things between us that don't serve the things within our family that do not serve or that we're done with old patterns and inviting in the light. Uh, Moving through November, we had beautiful Kendra's birth. And you know, I hate to not mention everyone's birth by name, because they were all beautiful and wonderful. Uh, But Kendra's took that turn of Instagram famousness, which was really uh, enlightening. And you all know this, but the birth video itself being shared, hundreds of thousands of views, and then the commentary. And again, yeah, just like releasing that old view of midwifery. And in my own ego moments, you know, thinking, should I have done something different or, you know, thoughts like that, uh, I think are normal, but not where I wanted to stay. And just kind of putting it out into the world with love. And, you know, anybody that's attracted to that, Maybe they'll want to study midwifery, you know, maybe we can change the world this way. And birthing women, of course, more than anything, watching that and thinking, hell yeah, like that's what I want. And I could have it because I can see this woman doing it. So, um, you know, shout out to all the mamas that have birthed. Certainly one is not better than the other, but more people saw Kendra's birth for sure than any other birth we've probably ever shown. And so always gratitude to her and her family for sharing and for everybody that shared and gave it love because I'm sure she felt that. So that was kind of a big moment. Um, Also in November, I started working with uh, Valerie, who is on our Sanctuary Advisory Board. And her role in the world, as far as I can tell, is sort of a beautiful Chinese medicine shaman woman. Uh, I have really always resonated with Chinese medicine for my own balance, my own health. And so getting with Valerie uh, this past fall to work on, you know, just feeling better in my body. Um, You know, we all have specific things going on. Sleep has been one of mine, I think I've mentioned. So just working with her to stabilize and move energy in a better way for me has worked so amazingly. So if people out there are looking for someone that is a Chinese medicine uh, doctor, specialist, whatever you want to call it, I would highly recommend her. And what I love most about her is not just her kind manner and loving way, but the fact that she's totally into autonomy. Um, So being able to do the treatments at home, um, not seeing anyone in person, trusting, you know, trusting the people she works with that they know what they're doing has been really awesome. So I don't get up and go to an acupuncture office ever. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm supplied with everything I need to do treatments on myself, which again, why not? Like if you have an expert giving you guidance, this is not rocket science. And for years, way before Valerie, I have been, um, I think, as I mentioned, you know, doing treatments on myself or my kids for years based on another friend that I had that taught me stuff. So if you're into autonomy and balancing your body in this way, I would highly recommend her, uh, silver, dash maple.org. So her name is Valerie silver dash maple. Um, I guess that's a hyphen. I hope I didn't say it wrong. Silver hyphen maple.org dash hyphen, whatever. 
shouting out to her because my body does feel so much better. Uh, my body really responds to cupping and acupuncture and Chinese herbs just in general. So uh, just so grateful that I had the intuition to reach out to her. I think so much of that for me is based on that. I only gravitate towards what I gravitate towards and I'm clear about that. So I don't just go doing things willy nilly and I don't like practitioners that have a fearful approach of any kind or an approach of we're trying to fix you. And I told Valerie straight up when we met, um, I knew she was the one that I wanted to work with, but I told her, you know, nothing's wrong. I'm not, I'm not worried about anything in my body. There's everything is perfect. Uh, you know, there's, yeah, there's nothing wrong. I'm not looking to put a bandaid on something. I'm just looking to balance. So I love her for that. So, oh boy, that is a lot to release. And again, I'm not even totally conscious at the moment of what all needs to be released there. Sometimes it's just the memory of, right? Like it's the past. We don't need to hold on to the past, whatever it is, good or bad. And we release it with gratitude. So uh, tying this up here, moving towards the light, if we imagine releasing in whatever ways. And like I said, we'll do a fire ceremony and burn stuff. Burning stuff is always a great way to release. So you might have your own ceremony or rituals or, or things to release. But then we look towards the light, the dawn coming and the return of the sun. Many of you know, as I said, we are going to Oahu. And that really was a divine call to my knowledge. And I think I'll have more to say once I return. But I had a dream that Margot and I went to Oahu out of the blue. I mean, I hadn't been thinking about it. Honestly, I didn't even know Oahu was an island. Call me dumb. I just didn't know. So it came in a dream and I knew I had to honor that. And Margot was all about it. So we will be doing an answering the call retreat there. And I've had other dreams since. I had a dream of Jason and I and the kids living there and having our feet in the sand. You know, I don't know that that's going to manifest, but it's somehow related to what I'm needing or, or, you know, maybe a shift in energy being on that land. Uh, Again, back to the location thing. So much can happen by shifting our location. And I'm looking forward to seeing what comes in, what comes in while I'm there, what shifts while I'm away from home, what shifts when I get back. I really believe there is a huge transformation possible on the inside and, you know, different codes of light and energy being in different places in the world, not to mention the ocean. Super excited. Uh, I was kind of reluctant. I got the idea. We said we were going to do it and I became reluctant. I was like, oh shit, now I have to do it, right? I have to leave my kids and Rumi and blah, blah, blah. But it is coming together. And once I bought the tickets and once we found somewhere to stay and once we started planning it, so yes, we're going to teach. Yes, we're going to see people. But then, but then it'll be three or four days in more solitude, which I know I need. I don't need people around. (laughs) Uh, I don't need to talk to anyone. I just need nature. So we're going to spend some time on the North Shore of Oahu to round out our trip. Then when I get back, it'll be birth crazy-ish for a little while. Uh, A fun twin birth and some other out-of-the-box births that maybe I'll speak about later. Just, you know, women that typically um, have trouble finding midwifery care, but all of them, I feel like 
a sisterhood with. I know they're the right people for me to walk with. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I don't know anything, but I know that I'm supposed to be with them and that feels really great. Physically, it might be a challenging uh, winter into spring, just with a lot of travel all over and, you know, the unknown of babies and perhaps the unknown of winter weather. But I am holding the best possibilities for all of that and the light, of course, and knowing that uh, it'll all come together. So um, this next year, I know Margot and I are going to make a new school or course type thing for midwives that want to change the way they learned. I was one of those midwives, you know, a million years ago, so to speak, uh, that was taught in a really mainstream way and more medically midwifery model. Um, I did the CPM, I did the licensing, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm so far from that now and I'm still changing. I'm still on that path. So I would love to make a resource, a course, a community for midwives that are wanting that. And we've gotten so many inquiries. Um, Kendra's video had a lot to do with that, actually, of midwives saying, okay, I see that and I would love to hold space in that way. But what do I do with all the shit in my head? What do I do with the way I was taught? What do I do with the fact that like I've never seen a baby transition normally? So there's a lot of work to do and, you know, I'm doing it always. It's not like it's done, but whatever we can offer midwives to be in a safe space to explore these concepts of, um, you know, a higher, a higher guidance involved in our practice while of course, yes, still maintaining the skills when we need them. So to come on that, um, I'm calling in just all of my own inner goddess energy Uh, that I may walk more clearly in love and strength and power through my own life, Um, being self-sufficient in that way, right? I think it's always a practice as a human to not be infiltrated by other energies or opinions or need validation. And that's a continued walk. So I'm saying that out loud because it's important to me for my own soul's evolution to see, you know, that's that's where I'm going. That's what I want, that I am a completely self-sustaining being in myself and connected to all that is bigger than me. And, you know, the need for anything, even great things, even a great partnership or whatever, uh, I, I release that. I don't need that to be happy. It's great that I have it, so grateful. But this sense of internal contentness, is always something that I'm gravitating towards. So I'm probably going to go on another trip out of the country this time, this summer, going to Trinidad, where my mentor Donna Maria lives. Oh my gosh, it'll be so great to meet her, to hug her in person, and to stay at her house. She is hosting a uh, sweat lodge during summer solstice. So, you know, kind of on the other side of where we are right now. Um, you know, I guess summer solstice is is actually when we start heading into the darkness. I said fall equinox because to me, that's what it feels like, but we're already kind of on our way. So summer solstice being June 21st, spending time in Trinidad with her in ceremony. Um, she is a ceremonial elder. That is, you know, one of her gifts to hold space in that way. So I'm really excited to get the opportunity to do that with her and for myself. And then we will visit, I believe, just 
sacred sites in the country of Trinidad, which is in the West Indies. So I've never been there and that's on the horizon uh, or so I think right now. (laughs) Um, Last but not least, of course, the sanctuary is in manifestation. I know I've said that a million times, but I truly believe that if I imagine how it looks, uh, those seeds were planted. So Stu and I planted those seeds and of course, all of the wonderful board members, advisory board members we have, and the other people on the project, of course, just energetically with us. And then Margot and I visited, as you know, so that should have been on my list. We visited there in October. We stayed overnight and we were able to, you know, figuratively plant more seeds, although not just figuratively. I did plan something. I did. I did dig. <laughs> I did dig a hole and uh, leave some offerings in the earth there. But figurative or uh, literal, the seeds are germinating and it just takes time. And I don't know how long it takes and I don't know exactly what those seeds need to sprout. But my feeling at the moment is that there will be a couple of generous donors this year that come forth and that make this possible. So you could say that's wishful thinking, but whatever, Uh, whatever it is, I can see it. So that's great. If we can see it and know exactly what we want, often it comes way easier. So that's also a great reminder to me in manifesting the sanctuary to spend some time this solstice on that and to really see it and, um, you know, to make make more concrete connections in this coming year with the people on our advisory board. Uh, right now, you know, again, it is seasonal, but also we have these holidays and everybody kind of goes offline. And again, it's perfect but this isn't the time of year to connect about funding for something like that or, you know, to make relationships. It's just not the time. So I trust that especially all of the people on our advisory board that are aligned are doing the work behind the scenes. It's like everyone is knitting their little part of the blanket. And when the light comes, we'll be able to see who's who and what's what and all of that. So On that note, we are due to start this student group. Just a prayer of gratitude before I go. A prayer for all of us on this earth, living as human beings in this sometimes very difficult world on this challenging plane. Wishing for all of you a chance to realize your own love and light and soul's mission this coming year. That you are successful in your release of whatever needs to be released. And again, it's helpful to me when that place, those places don't come from my head necessarily, but just a feeling in your heart of things you're willing to let go of. And we do it when we're ready. And moving towards this light and all holding, all of us holding this beautiful vision, this beautiful feeling of the world we want to live in and the love that surrounds us all, whether that's God, whether that's source, I'm finding this connection, you know, finding our way back home, as Ram Dass would say, right? It's a great quote. We're all just here to bring each other back home. And that's all it is. So if we can each do our work, our own work and face our own challenges, uh, then we're doing it collectively as well. So every time 
you make progress, uh, you know, you realize something, you grow in your own life, or maybe you even have a challenge, right? You're doing that work for everyone. So that is the way we're all connected. Even if we're all only responsible for what we can do within ourselves, we are all connected, kind of like that blanket. On that note, wishing you a beautiful winter solstice. And I'm not sure if I'll podcast before the big Christmas and all of that, perhaps. But if not, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, all the things, and lots of love. So much love from me out to you and your families and from all of us here at Indie Bird. Have a beautiful week. <laughs>